love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everyone, Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. So you and I are in kind of a uh, downsizing mode. Yeah, we're purging. We're purging. It's yard sale season here in Maine, and so I'm going through a box there's some old photos in it, and I found some photos of my grandmother, mm-hmm. the sweet little old lady who was my grandmother. She lived to be 93 years old. She was precious. She was an amazing woman. But this is a picture of her. Uh, she was hosting, I think this was like the last Christmas Eve party mm-hmm. that, that she hosted. And the house is full of family and merriment, and she is holding court in the living room. She's standing up. She is uh, leaning against her walker. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten this, but on her walker, she had a beverage holder so she could take her wine with her. Yeah, it was a um, wine glass specific beverage holder that attached to her walker. Right. It was pretty rad. If I remember correctly, it was pink. It was pink. Yes. Yeah. She also had, <laughs> at one point, she decorated her, her walker. She put like one of those bicycle bells on it. Right, right. Ching, 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 ching. And streamers, those sparkly streamers. Mm-hmm. She was quite a character. She was a delight. I miss her. I think I got a lot of my weirdness from her. I would sure. not be surprised if that's 100% <laughs> true. Because on the outside, she looked prim and proper. You know, she had mm-hmm. her pressed khakis and her pearls and her rouge on at all times. Right. But then you'd get to talking to her and she would tell you an off-color joke. Oh, yeah. I think we all have a relative like that who outwardly... They look like this type of a person, Mm -hmm. but uh, secretly they're completely the opposite. I love that. Well, I think the dogs are settled down enough. Shall I begin my story? Please do. All right. We we don't know much about Blanche Dumas. That's D-U-M-A-S, Dumas. But we do know this. Blanche was born on the island of Martinique in the year 1860. Her father was French and her mother was of African origin. I can't help but think any French 
sounding name that involves Blanche, I think immediately Blanche Devereaux. Yeah. And so naturally, Blanche Dumas, to me, uh-huh. has very Blanche Devereaux personality traits. Sure. Yeah. I can see that because, you know, they're both French names. and She's a saucy bee. <laughs> yes. Yes, she was. She, uh, she not only was uh, of French and African descent, but she also had three legs, oh. uh, uh, four, four breasts, and two functioning vaginas. Oh, my gosh. Her story was documented in a book that was written by Becklinger of Para Brazil. Uh, she, it, the book was called Human Oddities, a book of nature's, anonym, uh, an- nature's anomalies. Dee, 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 dee. A book of nature's anomalies. Her case was also included in Curiosities of Medicine, an encyclopedic collection of very rare and extraordinary cases in medicine. Okay, you said that she had two vaginas. Two functioning vaginas, yes. Please tell me she only had one uterus, though. Uh, No, no, she had two uteruses. Did she have two menstrual cycles? Two two cervixes. Yes, and interestingly, I was looking at the condition that, uh, that she had, and sometimes... Um, there are people who, who deal with this, and, and again, it's extremely rare, but when it does happen, sometimes um, during menstruation, not enough menstrual blood is expelled, and that causes like renal failure and weird shit like that. Oh, so, wow. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Two vaginas sounds great. Two uteruses sounds like garbage. The condition is usually attributed to uh, uterus de Delphis. It's a uterine malformation um, that happens in the womb due to embryogenetic fusion. As a result, there is a double uterus, two separate cervixes, and in some cases, double vaginas. So again, it's just a situation where the uh, embryo didn't split all the way. Yes, or, that's exactly okay, right. Okay. Yeah, it happens with the uterus uh, not forming and uh, fusing properly when in the in the womb. Mm-hmm. It's estimated that this does occur about one in in every three thousand women. Wow! But but not to the extent that we're dealing with here. In some cases, twin gestations have occurred when uh, each uterus carries a separate pregnancy at the same time. <gasps> Can you imagine that? No, I cannot imagine one pregnancy happening <laughs> inside of a person. It's uh, oh. There was a recent example in 2009, a woman named Sarah Reinfelder. She delivered healthy babies, although they were seven weeks premature uh, by C-section. It's also possible that deliveries can occur at different times, separated by days or even weeks. In 2019, there was a case of a woman giving birth in February and then giving birth to the twin a month later. Wow. I guess, te- would, it would it be a twin? Would it be a twin? That's a great question. I mean, if it's in a different yeah, I guess. uterus, mm. then it wouldn't make any sense that Yeah, I, w- I think it wouldn't it, make sense that it had split and then traveled over to a different uti. Yeah, yeah, no, true. So technically not a twin. Uh, still weird. In the case of Blanche... The cause was most likely the absorption of her twin. 
Oh, okay. Right. Okay, right, so, right, right. So a little bit of a different uh, situation here. Her case was different. According to the person who studied Blanche, she had a modified duplication of the lower body. Some of the findings included that uh, she had a pelvis that was much wider than normal. Well, she would have to if she was going to have two different uteruses and be able to accommodate two different baby cannons. <laughs> she had two legs that were underdeveloped, a third leg that was attached to a muscle on her pelvic floor. Oh, jeez. The leg, the third leg, did not have a, a joint in it, but it did have a bend where the knee would have been, but it was just like a big flabby muscle thing. She had two functional vaginas, including two vulvas, that were well-developed. Both vaginas had uh, equally developed sensitivity, and according to this article, she used both of them to entertain many men with. All right. She also had a duplicate bowel and bladder. Oh, oh. Yeah. So when, mm, I have questions then about like digestion. So when she ate something, mm -hmm. how did it decide which bowel to go to? I don't have the answer to that, but that uh, that's an intriguing question. And if you could find out, would you then lick it? <laughs> no. Mm, all right. No, I don't think so. All right. It's also been said she had four breasts. She had two well-developed breasts and also appeared to have a pair of smaller rudimentary breasts. Nubbins. They, yeah, they were, well, yeah, they were, they were developed, but, but less so. And the two smaller ones were located right above her pelvis. Uh, but there are those who claim that they were not actually breasts, that they were stumps from limbs that had either naturally or surgically uh, been removed. It's thought that maybe promoters oh painted nipples on it to make it look like they were breasts Got it. just to make it seem even more unusual right. because that's how she was going to make her money back in those days yeah. you, you went on the sideshow circuit and i would think that an extra set of breasts would be more exotic and you'd you'd yeah. be more interested in paying dollars to see that than mm -hmm. oh here's some stumpy arms right yeah in addition to this, Blanche was known to have an extremely active libido. Well, she had two parts. Yes. Two sets of parts. She couldn't get enough. Some say that her sex drive may have been dictated by the fact that she had two vaginas uh, and twice the desire. Mm. I don't know how that's all connected in the brain. I so I don't. I don't know if that's even logical, but it makes sense. Sure. It certainly did back then. Now, Blanche was forced to make a living exhibiting her body. This was common, like I said, mm. for people afflicted with physical abnormalities to right. make ends meet. In those days, they would sign up with a circus or a sideshow or a freak show. And needless to say, she was a big hit in the sideshow circuit. But in addition to that, she decided to supplement her income and quench her sex drive by moving to Paris and becoming a sex worker. She was uh, very much in demand. I, a quick question. I'm yeah. sorry to ask. What uh, what year was this? This would have been around 1880. Oh, okay. So Pornhub wasn't a thing. No, no, not, not at that point. Got it. So she became very much in demand as a sex worker, earning top dollar. She worked as a uh, sex worker for a couple of years in Paris, and that may have... That may have helped her quench her sexual desire somewhat, but she was looking for true love. And most of the people that she had relations with were just in it for the experience and not to get to know her. Sure. She was known for her extensive sexual conquests, but she never found true love while she was in Paris. Mm -hmm. And that's what she wanted. 
It was at this point while living in Paris that Blanche heard of a guy named Juan Baptista dos Santos. Juan was, uh, was on the sideshow circuit as well. What made him unusual was he had two penises. Yes, girl. He was also known for his unmatched stamina. Oh, I'm so happy. Does this work out? Because it sounds like it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> sounds like a good fit. Here's Juan's story. He was born 1843 in Portugal. He was known for having two distinct genitalia and an extra fused limb. He was first examined when he was just six years old. He was considered to be a very handsome man, and other than the abnormalities, he was fit, he was well-proportioned, and Blanche, the same thing. She was a beautiful woman. The clinical term for what Juan experienced is defalia. The first incident was documented by a Swiss doctor in 1609, and there have only been a hundred documented cases since wow. of penile duplication. In the majority of the cases, both penises are the same size and proportioned side by side. There have been some rarer situations where one penis is a little bit smaller than the other, and it's on top of the larger penis. Hmm. Now, this is a problem because... Where do the balls go? Yeah. Men with this particular type of condition normally are sterile either due to difficulties having intercourse because of the placement of the penis or because of, uh, of some type of defect. Santos had two penises that were completely functional. They were active both sexually and for urination. When he urinated, he simultaneously peed from both penises. At the same time. Did he have a choice or did it just happen that way? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but if you had the choice, why wouldn't you? Oh, I, I don't know. I'd go back and forth. Would you? Like, like maybe play a little tune? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Could have a sword fight with yourself. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> he also appeared to have a third, uh, third leg, but it was actually two limbs that were fused together as one. The fused limb had a small anus in it. Um, he had no motor control or power of motion over this uh, third leg, so he just kind of kept it in a sling. Uh, he was also reported to have a extremely high pronounced libido. Mm -hmm. And having two functional penises, he actually used them both during sexual intercourse. So what he would do after he had finished with one, he would then move over to the next one and continue having sex with the second penis. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's cheating, one. So both of these two dreamt of finding true love. Neither of them had found it. Blanche was traveling Europe, making a name for herself as the three-legged madam. Juan was becoming famous in the sideshow and circus. And the more Juan became famous, the more Blanche started hearing about him. She became determined to meet him. So she abandoned her tour and traveled to the south of France, where Juan was performing. Now, her intention was to attend one of his performances and, you know, yoo-hoo, introduce herself. Right. So one night before Juan had finished uh, one of his performances, one of his fellow workers came out and whispered in his ear that there was a, a beautiful woman backstage determined to meet Juan. In addition, she had three legs like he did. So when they met for the first time, the word is that it was love at first sight. Now, again, these are both very attractive people. So it wasn't long before the compatibility and intense physical desire for one another led them to the boudoir. The story is... Oh, jeez. We're really getting into this, huh? Mm. 
The story is that as sexual partners, they were a perfect fit. But more importantly, they both found love. I have no information as to how long this relationship lasted, Mm -hmm. but I'm led to believe that it was a a lengthy, a very long, pronounced... All right. That's enough. Deliberate. Hey, hey, that's enough slices. uh, Affair. My source material came from odditiesbizarre.com, Wikipedia, The Human Marvels, and The Sun. See, there's someone for everyone. Way to go, Blanche. And now, that thing in the middle. It's commonly known that with most materials, when they're heated or cooled, will either expand or contract. How much they expand or contract depends on the type of material. For example... Did you know that due to thermal expansion, when it's warm, the Eiffel Tower is a half foot taller than it normally is? We contemplated a word of the week feature on this podcast, but some words are just so hard. This is the Box of Oddities. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life... Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, 
it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. Wendy sent us an email, said, uh, While I was driving today, I was listening to the recent episode of Boo, and Kat was talking about bees dicks. Mm. <laughs> At the very moment, I passed a large sign, and I had to do a double take because I thought it said super dick. Thankfully, it said super deck, but I thought you'd find it funny that Kat's words seem to have a little home in my brain. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me company and always entertaining me. Love you guys. Thanks, Wendy. Super dick. <laughs> What you got for me? Well, last year, scientists confirmed the discovery of a one-of-a-kind predator. The first feathered, non-avian dinosaur found in the Southern Hemisphere. Wow. His name is Ubirahara jubatis, and he may have been exported illegally, which means he's created quite a stir in more than one way. Okay, he's not alive. This is a fossil. I just wanted to clarify that's right okay good been watching too many jurassic park type movies as of late and uh anyway proceed ubirahara means lord of the spear in tupi which is one of the indigenous languages spoken in the region in brazil and jubatis is latin for maned so his name means maned lord of the spear which is rad as heck that is that's like a viking name Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ubi lived about 110 million years ago along the shores of an ancient lagoon in what is now northeastern Brazil. He was two-legged, about the size of a chicken, maybe a turkey, and he lived during the Cretaceous period. He made a living hunting insects, frogs, and lizards. And what made him so unique is he had a mane of hair-like structures while also boasting two utterly unique, stiff, ribbon-like features that shot out of his shoulders. Oh, wow. Like the raptors in Jurassic Park, where they like 
like that big hood would come up and except it wasn't a hood and it didn't retract it's like a picture in mm, gymnastics like one of the floor routines they have those oh, yeah. ribbon things on sticks yeah so it's like the stick and the ribbon in one okay. so they okay. stick up and 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 flow and fl- like like the wacky waving inflatable tube guy kind of like that that you see at car dealerships not quite as wacky waving mm. more stiff okay all right I've got an excellent mental image now. So his ribbon shoulder guys were probably made of keratin, the same substance that makes up hair and fingernails. And it's thought that these flamboyant features were used to dazzle their mates. You know, again, everything's about getting a bow and uh, also to intimidate foe, which why wouldn't tall ribbony spears be intimidating i would be like what's uh what's going on here what's more intimidating tall ribbony spears or uh two penises it depends on what you plan on doing with them (laughs) so ubi's hair-like structures appear to be a rudimentary form of feathers called proto feathers so they it wasn't actual hair which is exclusively mammalian Uh, But they weren't exactly feathers, as the filaments weren't branched like modern bird feathers are. So it was kind of like a a precursor to feathers. Like a prototype. In addition to his feather impressions, the fossil included some of the dinosaur's neck and backbones, some of its rib, and a complete forelimb, as well as lumps of grave wax. What? Yeah. Yeah. That comes from the creature's decomposing body fats. Now, Ubi was unveiled on December 13th of last year in the journal Cretaceous Research. David Martel, a paleobiology professor at the University of Portsmouth in England who helped lead the study, published it in the journal Cretaceous Research. And he said that likely from a distance, Ubi looked hairy rather than feathery because of the structure of these feathers. Likely, it had hair-like proto-feathers all over much of its body, but they were only preserved along the neck, back, and arms. But these proto-feathers were in a tall, stiff mane down the back of him. So imagine this weird, not-quite-feather, not-quite-fur, maned, chicken turkey sized creature with these tall ribbony spikes coming out of his shoulders eating up frogs wow wow nature is amazing so neat he's completely unique and the authors of the study said they had permission to take the fossil out of brazil as part of a huge shipment of fossils but under brazilian law there is no legal exportation of fossils period only loans There was actually a set of regulations issued in 1990 by Brazil's Ministry of Science and Technology that provides a way for scientific samples, including fossils, to leave Brazil legally for research purposes, but the samples are still technically owned by Brazil. So after this research study was released, the hashtag Ubihara belongs to BR surged for days Mm. because people were mad. They're like, okay, well, these... Scientists from elsewhere are exploring this creature that was stolen from our land. This need not be happening, as the fossil should never have left Brazil, says Flavina Lima, a paleontologist at the Regional University in Brazil. Some countries, 
like the U.S., for example, allow the sale of fossil material in certain cases. But Brazilian law has held since 1942 that the country's fossils belong to the state, forbidding their commercial sale. But it's not always well enforced. In October, Brazilian federal police executed 19 search warrants in Operation Santana Raptor, a multi-year investigation of fossil smuggling. Wow. And it was from the region where Ubihara was found. And last year, a French court ruled that 45 Brazilian fossils in the position bleh, in the possession of a French company had to be returned to Brazil. But this incident is of particular concern because of the uniqueness of Ubihara. The first dinosaur discovered with spear-like feathers extending from its shoulders? Yeah, you want that back. Yeah, give that, give that back to us now, please. I would say that's reasonable. According to National Geographic, the only other known feathered dinosaurs are from South America are early birds with modern-looking flight-ready feathers. But Ubihara's got that more primitive hair and broad ribbon-like shoulder feathers. Uh, only a few fossil dinosaurs have been found with similarly broad feathers, and they're all from either China or North America. So this situation has brought up not just if Ubihara was illegally obtained, but the ethicalness. Stupid word. It doesn't sound right. No. Yeah. How is efficacy not a word? I don't know. I'm, I feel Mandela effect by this. <laughs> Cat thought. I don't understand how efficacy isn't a word. Efficacy was a word. And in a, to be honest with you, if she said it in a sentence, I would have assumed it was a word. Well, I'm, ha I'm struggling because my app says it's not. So I went to Google and Google mm. said, no, that's not right. Mm. Do you mean efficiency? And I'm like, no, no, I, I meant. And then it's like, oh, you must mean ethicalness. What? <laughs> Do I mean that? Because that sounds dumb. Yeah. Anyway, that's off topic, but I hate it. Okay, so uh, what many paleontologists right now are arguing is that the practice of selling fossils at all is not ethical, mm. that it creates a market for collectors and reduces the ability to scientifically research and that all fossils found everywhere should be the property of science. I think I think that that's absolutely reasonable. Absolutely. The fact that there is such a strong black market for these things, it encourages amateur archaeologists or grave robbers mm -hmm. really is what what a lot of them are uh, to to go out and excavate these artifacts in a way that uh, does not preserve the integrity of the find. Right. And then, of course, they sell it. So that's not right. Yeah. So you'd think that anything that has enough value to us as a people, like as a, as a unit, as a world, um, that that would be preserved for uh, scientific historical yeah. learning for all of us, right? For all of us, and um, I 100% agree with that. Now I get that you found something and it's neat and you want to be the boss of it, but mm -hmm. um, I just don't think that you have the right to. Um, it's kind of like the whole who owns land thing, which I kind of have mixed feelings about anyway. But let's not get into that. <laughs> so anyway, that is Ubihara and um, how his discovery is unique in the way that he is. Um, 
just an incredible creature that has never been seen before, right. ever. Right. And also how he is opening up this conversation about what belongs to whom and if really uh, fossils belong to anyone. I love that. It's a conversation we need to have. I also love the fact that these were prototype feathers. It's like nature just goes, let's try this weird shit and Mm. see if it works. And if it does, we'll build on it. Right. If it doesn't, well, you know, we'll kill it off. Oh, the washer's spinning. Oh, boy. We got to wrap it up then. (laughs) The laundry cycle's done. Um, Hey, before we go, want to thank those of you who have recently joined us on Patreon. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for your support. We do appreciate it. And if you have not yet joined us on Patreon and you want to, there's a lot of good reasons for it. You can get the episodes ad-free. You get them a day early. Uh, You get a bonus episode. You get discounts on live show tickets. All kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. Go to theboxofoddities.com, click on the support us link. And thank you. And we'll see you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash Box of Oddities Podcast On Twitter at Box of Oddities And Instagram at Box of Oddities Podcast Copyright 2021 All rights reserved If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts And its name tells part of the story the big picture questions, and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.